So we want to honor uh, Jesus's birthday today. If you are happening to listen to this podcast as we head into the weekend of uh, Jesus's birthday, which is uh, August 21st, and there's all kinds of exciting things going on the internet. Uh, Urantia Association International is doing an all-day event. Uh, also, the Urantia Foundation doing a very special event on, I think it's Saturday. And so if you go to urantiaradio.net on the right-hand side, you'll see an events calendar or click the events on the menu bar, and you should get an update and some links on what's going on to celebrate Michael's birthday today. Uh, Michael's birthday, of course, significant to us. It's Jesus' birthday, August 21st, 7 B.C. And yes, it was in that little uh, stable, uh, just as Joseph and Mary were going to Jerusalem to pay their taxes and register, just like it says in the Bible. Um, it was just an average day event for most people, uh, but you know those in the spiritual realm knew its significance. And so I, for my tribute, would like to read paper 155. And paper 155 is in the fourth part of the Arantia Papers, and it is the story of Jesus and the disciples and the apostles uh, just about to do their tour, and they're uh, traveling, and right now they're in a little park, and it's uh, they've slept there, and they're getting up, and they're talking the next night, and the number of uh, the paper is number one, Why the Heathen Rage? And then I want to jump ahead to the second discourse on religion, which is my favorite passage in the entire book. So first, let's just read about this, the uh, paper which is entitled why the heathen rage because it's relevant to the times of today i believe that it is so said jesus you should all recall how the psalmist spoke of these times saying quote why do the heathen rage and the people plot in vain the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers of the people take counsel together against the lord and against his anointed saying let us break the bonds of mercy asunder and let us cast away the cords of love and Michael says, or Jesus says, Today you see this fulfilled before your eyes, but you shall not see the remainder of the psalmist's prophecy fulfilled, for he entertained erroneous ideas about the Son of Man and his mission on earth. My kingdom is founded on love, proclaimed in mercy, and established by unselfish service. My Father does not sit in heaven laughing in derision at the heathen. He is not wrathful in his great displeasure. True is the promise that the Son shall have these so-called heathen, in reality his ignorant and untaught brethren, for an inheritance, and I will receive these Gentiles with open arms of mercy and affection. All this loving kindness shall be shown the so-called heathen, notwithstanding the unfortunate declaration of the record, which intimates that the triumphant Son, quote, shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. The psalmist exhorted you to serve the Lord with fear. I bid you enter the exalted privilege of divine sonship by faith. He commands you to rejoice with trembling. I bid you rejoice with assurance. He says, kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish with his wrath is kindled. But you have lived with me. Well know that the anger and wrath are not part of the establishment of the kingdom in heaven in the hearts of men. But the psalmist did glimpse the true light when, in finishing this exhortation, he said, Blessed are those who put their trust in the Son. 
And Jesus continued to teach the 24, saying, The heathen are not without excuse when they rage at us, because their outlook is small and narrow. They are able to concentrate their energies enthusiastically. Their goal is near and more or less visible. Wherefore do they strive with valiant and effective execution? You who have professed entrance into the kingdom of heaven are altogether too vacillating and indefinite in your teaching conduct. The heathen strike directly for their objectives. You are guilty of too much chronic yearning. If you desire to enter the kingdom, why do you take it by spiritual assault, even as the heathen take a city they say they lay siege to? You are hardly worthy of the kingdom when your services consist so largely in an attitude of regretting the past, whining over the present, and vaining hoping for the future. Why do they even rage? Because they know not the truth. Why do you languish in futile yearning? Because you obey not the truth. Cease your useless yearning and go forth bravely, doing that which concerns the establishment of the kingdom. If you, in all that you do, become not one-sided and over-specialized, the Pharisee who seek our destruction barely think that they are doing God's service. They have become so narrowed by tradition that they are blinded by prejudice and hardened by fear. Consider the Greeks, who have a science without religion, while the Jews have a religion without a science. And when man becomes thus misled into accepting a narrow and confused disintegration of truth, their only hope of salvation, their only hope of salvation is to become truth-coordinated, converted. Let me emphatically state this eternal truth. If you, by truth-coordination, learn to exemplify in your lives this beautiful wholeness of righteousness, your fellow men will then seek after you that they may gain what you have so acquired. This measure wherewith truth seekers are drawn to you represents the measure of your truth endowment, your righteousness. The extent to which you have to go with your message to the people is, in a way, the measure of your failure to live the whole or righteous life, the truth-coordinated life. And many other things the Master taught his apostles and evangelists before they bade him good night and sought upon rest upon their pillows. And so uh, that's an interesting segment because I want to apply that a little bit to what we're going on today when we see the radical progressive movement and all of these anarchical elements that are out there pushing their way to lay siege to the city. What Jesus is saying here is the one thing you can learn from these people, they may be misguided, they may be on the wrong track, but they are hardworking. They think they're doing the right thing, and they're using all of their might and their energy into, into, into accomplishing that, into that rage, right? And what about us? You know, we know the truth. We know about this or, or whatever truths that we live in our lives, and we hope that others will learn and, and be curious and say, well, gee, how do you know that? Uh, wow, you have a great philosophy on life. And, and what Jesus is saying, you know, is, you know, why, why do we vacillate? Why do we sit here and, and just sort of hope that people will come to us? Um, I mean, I just think it's an interesting, interesting thing because, you know, you do see in our world today there are negative and, and bad sources, uh, bad forces at work conspiring. What did he say? 
to the let us break the bonds of mercy asunder. Let us cast away the cords of love as these rulers of the people take counsel together and the kings of the earth set themselves. And so that is kind of coming true today. You've got all these forces. Think of the uh, the Chinese ideology, the, the Chinese Communist Party's ideology trying to assert itself in the world with this godless atheism. And then on, in America here, you've got all of these people that are following Trump and what he's doing, what he's trying to accomplish, and he and he believes that he's doing something that's helping America. And then you've got the other people, the 49% or the 53% of America that's raging, and they're saying, no, this guy, he's, he's, he's not fighting for us. He, he doesn't believe in climate change. He doesn't believe in gender and identity politics and all these sexual things that are, that are changing and new family values that are emerging. So you've got all these different conflicts. And so none of them, they're, they're all sort of right, but they're not coordinated. They're not truth coordinated. And, uh, and, and that's why they're radical. That's why, that's why they, you know, they're not, they've got the right idea and they're doing the wrong thing, but for the right reason. And that's what people who have insight and are of true faith, we do the, the right thing for the wrong reason, and the wrong reason being that we we don't assert ourselves as much because we feel like oh, we're pushing this on him or oh, we're pushing it on them. You know, well, you know, we can't we can't save them. They've got to they've got to want the truth, right? So he says, consider the Greeks. You know, they've got science without religion, so they're okay with their science. They're, they don't need reli- They don't think they need religion, but yet you know what they miss out on by not incorporating religion in the religious. The, the truth of religion with the fact of science. And they're okay. And then you have people who are religious who don't necessarily think that they need, you know, anything on the science level. You know, religion gives them whatever. Then you have people who are not religious and not science, and they're just secular as humanists, and they think that they've got all the answers. And so and, and Christ is saying, you know, all of these people, what they don't have is a truth-coordinated life. Um, and then the other thing on this I wanted to get to, and I, I hope that you believe me on this, but uh, this is something that the Master says uh, in the second discourse on religion, and it's in uh, section 6, same paper, which is 155. And I just want to read this to you because this really appealed to me, and I'm sharing it with you on Jesus' birthday, so I hope you appreciate it. It says, And so while they paused in the, hills, in the shade in the hillside, Jesus continued to teach them regarding the religion of the Spirit. And so he says, um, You have come out from those among your fellows who choose to remain satisfied with the religion of mind, who create security and prefer conformity. You have elected to exchange your feelings of authoritative certainty for the assurances of the spirit of adventurous and progressive faith. You have dared to protest against the grueling bondage of institutional religion and to reject the authority of the traditions of the record, which are now, which are now regarded as the word of God. Our Father indeed did speak through Moses, Elijah, Isaiah, Amos, and Hosea, but he did not cease to minister words of truth to the world when these prophets of old made an end of their utterances. My Father is no respecter of races or generations, in that the word of truth is vouchsafed one age and withheld from another. Commit not the folly of calling that that divine which is wholly human 
and fail not to discern the words of truth which come not through the traditional oracles of supposed inspiration. I have called upon you to be born again, to be born of the Spirit. I have called you out of the darkness of authority and the lethargy of tradition into the transcendent light of the realization of the possibility of making for yourself the greatest discovery possible for the human soul to make, the supernal experience of finding God for yourself, in yourself, and of yourself, and of doing so, all this as a fact of your own personal experience. And so you may pass from death to life, from the authority of tradition to the experience of knowing God. Thus will you pass from darkness to life, from a racial faith inherited to a personal faith, uh, faith achieved by actual experience. And thereby, and thereby will you progress from a theology of mind handed down to you by your ancestors to a true religion of spirit, which shall be built upon, built up in your souls as an eternal endowment. Your religion shall change from the mere intellectual belief and traditional authority to the actual experience of that living faith which is able to grasp the reality of God and all that relates to the divine spirit of the Father. The religion of the mind ties you hopelessly to the past. The religion of the spirit consists in progressive revelation and ever beckons you on toward higher and holier achievements in spiritual ideals and eternal realities. And so you can continue reading on if you'd like. I, um, I don't want to take away from your own experience of reading this wonderful passage. Again, it's paper 155, uh, section 6, the second discourse on religion. And that is uh, just a brief synopsis of that wonderful prose and so much truth in that one paper. Uh, so much so that it was, I think, one of the first... Uh, moments when I was reading the Arantia book back in 1982 where I said boy that sure sounds like the truth to me well listen uh, happy birthday to our master sovereign son Christ Michael Jesus of, of Nazareth wherever you are today I'm sure the angels are celebrating on high as some of us are here on earth doing the same so to uh, brothers and sisters throughout the world who celebrate on this day the birth of our Master Jesus, uh, to you, God bless. Until next time. Because our hearts tell us something.